0: Hello everyone, welcome to A Turn of Events, where we help put a positive spin on the nature of your business, on the future of your business. I'm Annette Nafe, the CEO and Creative Director of Naife Productions. We are a strategic event production company based in New York City. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit and weddings. We do virtual hybrid and live events. We are actually doing our first live. It's a hybrid event, but I feel like it's live because it's, we're going to have a hundred people there in Orlando in a couple weeks. So I'm really excited. And we're going to, we have 500 people that are live streaming in. We have lots of vendors, lots of exhibitors and speakers. And so it's just going to be really great. And so we're excited about that. So if you have an event and you're not sure what to do with it right now, you want to take, it can be a wedding, it can be a gab a social thing or corporate nonprofits, but we'd love to talk to you about it and help you take it from alive live to virtual or hybrid or even live. We're booking lots of live things right now in the coming months. And we'd love to talk to you about it. If you are an event planner or wedding planner, and you are looking to start your own business, we'd love to talk to you about that. Join us in my Facebook group is the Event Planning event Planner Society. Event Planner Society is a Facebook group. Lots of great information in there, lots of videos. We even stream this in there. So we would love to have you in Event Planner Society. So join us over there. Okay, so we are gonna talk about how to commit to money, which is really, I love talking about money. And I'm, I know it's a scary thing for people. So my next guest who I'm really excited about is Dr. Deborah Fryer. She is a transformational business coach and creativity catalyst. She helps heart-centered healers, coaches, and entrepreneurs master the mind-body-money connection and develop a, a millionaire mindset so they can enjoy greater confidence, wealth, authenticity, and freedom being themselves. So let's welcome Deborah. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here and I love talking about money even though it could be a scary thing sometimes. So why don't you um, first tell everybody who you are, where you're all, what you're all about. We'd love to hear more about you.
1: I love what you just said money can be so scary. That's what we're going to talk about. You just introduced me. My name is Deborah Fryer and I'm an accidental money mindset coach. I had a very unharmonious relationship with money growing up. I had this belief that I was spiritual and spiritual people don't make money. I didn't like money. I thought I was a starving artist. I was a documentary filmmaker and I loved all of these boxes that I put myself in. However, when we put ourselves into a box and we want something that's not in the box, that's a conflict. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today because you're all here because you're having events, either you're planning events and you're planning on making money at your event, or you're helping somebody else plan an event and you're helping them make money with their event. So in either case, you got to be good with money. And if you're not good with receiving money, if you're not good with being in a really healthy, committed relationship to money, you're going to have a hard time. So that's what we're going to talk about. Okay, so let's get started.
0: So what is the role of the subconscious mind? With respect to
1: money. So we're all wired for what's called a negativity bias. What that means is that we're wired to look for how are we going to get in trouble? How are we going to be attacked? How are we different from something out there? And in ye olden times, there were real threats like saber-toothed tigers or violent weather, etc. And if something is threatening your life, you want to be on high alert. However, our consciousness has evolved faster than our nervous systems. Mm -hmm. So our nervous systems are wired to react to anything that is perceived as danger. This is what's the negativity bias, right? If it's perceived as being scary or threatening to us, to our lives, to our survival, we will either go into fight or we'll go into freeze, or fight, flight or freeze. So we'll either fight or flight, fly away, avoid or freeze. We'll be paralyzed. What does that show up like in your business? You may discover that you're constantly in battle. You're constantly in struggle. You may even notice yourself saying things like, I'm working really hard and I'm not getting the results I want, or this client just bailed on me. And what am I going to do? Or the venue just pulled out and what am I going to do? Or I'm not meeting my F and B or whatever. Like you come up with some struggling kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Do you notice that with your clients? Yes, of course. They're spending a lot of money. So there's a lot. Right. Of-, of course. And I've done live events and I know it's scary. And the very first time I did it, I was like, oh my God, I have to put all that on my credit card. And every couple of days I was calling my credit card. Like, can I have a bigger limit? Can I have a bigger limit? Can I have a bigger limit? Yeah, and I'm yeah. You know, like, at this point, it's that's what we're doing because right. you're going to put in X and you're going to receive That's on the other end of it. So it's not a big deal. But that's the after picture. The before picture is we're wired for negativity, this negativity bias. What Rick Hansen, who's a leader in this mindfulness space, he says, we're like Teflon to negativity. That is the negativity just sticks to us. We remember all the times we failed, all the times we lost money, all the times people got mad at us, all the times we disappointed people. All of those things, my friends, are your ego's version of you protecting you. It's not really a saber-toothed tiger. Your house isn't burning down. Right. You're afraid of somebody's approval or disapproval of you. Do they like you? Do they not? Are they judging you favorably or unfavorably? Teflon, we're like Velcro to those kinds of things. Negative things stick to us. I might've right. said of backwards. We're like Velcro to negativity because the negativity, it just sticks to us. Why? Right. Because we're wired to be afraid. We want to fit in. We want to be liked. Right. And the positive stuff, the, the compliments, the, oh my God, you did an amazing job. That just rolls right off us. So we're like Teflon to the positive and we're like Velcro to the negative. Now, what does this have to do with your business? If you haven't done the inner work of recognizing, oh, that's just my conditioning, making up a story, you might get stuck there and you might number one, never put on an event at all. In which case, you don't get to serve your clients. You don't get to make six figures in a day, which is super fun, or multiple six figures in a day, which is super fun. You don't get to get your message out to your clients who are waiting to hear your message. Not only do you deprive yourself something that is rewarding for you doing what's your zone of genius, you're depriving your client of receiving what is rewarding for them. Does this make sense? Yes, yes, for
0: sure, for sure. And also, also, um, 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 it's weather is not our friend these days, right now. Okay, so the uh, one thing I want to say about that is so, as a planner, as a producer, when you're presenting the budget to a client, you can't take that person there. If the the client wants to have this grand event or wedding or whatever that is, that's on them. So, you present. You can't take that. Oh my gosh, they're not going to accept this budget. You find out other ways to deal with the money situation. But I used to, when I first started, I'd be, and I'd be presented something like, oh my God, they're never going to you know, accept this, but here's the deal. If they have to realize that they have this grand dream and they're just going to have to bring it down and get it within their budget. So there is that fear as a presenter, as a producer, and you're presenting this to the, are they going to accept this budget? Is it going to be my fault? And all of that, that's just one thing.
1: And well in that it pertains exactly directly to your question about what's the role of the subconscious mind. So if you're presenting something to your client of, you know, here's what the budget is, number one, you just hit the nail on the head. You can't take that personally. You're you're presenting the best venue, the best rates. You've already done the negotiation. You already understand what goes into putting on a live event. They're trusting you to be the one to have all the balls in the air and to do the pre-negotiation, to do the pre-vetting, to figure out what the best deal is for them. And then you're presenting them the best deal for them. You need to stay out of their wallets, Mm -hmm. right? So if your subconscious mind is going, Oh, they're going to reject me. That's your subconscious conditioning that you need to clear. Otherwise you're going to project that on your client. And guess what? If you are running, something subconsciously, which accounts for about 95% of everything you think, everything you do, all your actions, all your behaviors, all your beliefs, your subconscious is really the one driving. So if you're walking around with a subconscious belief that says, they're never going to go for this budget, guess what? They won't. They're going to reject your budget. And then you're going to prove yourself right. You're going to be like, oh God, I knew they weren't going to. So you've got to do the inner work. Right. on yourself so that you're clear that you're presenting the best option to them there's a lot of education for right. the client yeah, there yeah. Is. Yeah. I have the same conversation with my clients because every conversation is an enrollment conversation and if you've enrolled yourself first that they're going to reject your budget you need to rewind your subconscious mind and rewire so that i'm an expert in this you've been presenting producing events for 20 plus years right 30 plus okay 30 plus so (laughs) i'm hiring you like i'm trusting that you know what you're doing right and you forgot that if you're projecting your scarcity onto me, you totally were like in your own head. You were all in your own ego about what are they going to think of me? Right. So let's just flip the story. Let's say I'm your client and I'm coming to you and I'm saying, that I'm doing my first live event and I'm planning on bringing in half a million dollars at the live event and I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you help me? I need you. I'm trusting you. You have 30 years of experience. I'm hiring you for your experience. So you've got to be holding that confidence and that conviction for me, your client, who's really nervous because you've done this before and I, your client, haven't. Right. Does this make sense? Yes. And I have done live events and I've also been a documentary film producer working with million dollar budgets. So I've been on both sides of the equation. And it's so important for you who you who are producing events to know that the most reassuring thing that you can possibly offer to your client is your confidence.
0: I coach event planners and, and wedding planners on starting their business and struggling in their current businesses. I mm-hmm. say it all the time, especially when you're presenting your proposal, you can't be wishy-washy in presenting your proposal. Just, right. just be super confident. This is what I charge. This is what you're going to get. We're giving you all kinds of bonuses here, whatever that looks like. And then, right. so your confidence is going to come across to them. If you aren't confident in presenting your proposal, they're going to think you're not confident in, doing, in producing the event. So,
1: I think and con- because of mirror neurons <clears throat> because of the way our subconsciouses are all interconnected because we're all in the same field right. so if you're coming to me and you're scared what you need is for me to be rock solid you need for me to own my authority you need for me to be calm and loving and reassuring and not buy into your chaos right. and if I do that all of a sudden subconsciously now you, the client, are in the leadership role, and you're going to feel really insecure because yes. you owned me up to be, or you emailed me, or you DM'd me, or something to say, Deborah, can you help me? And all of a sudden, I'm over here in the helpless position. Right. You're going to lose clients that way. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it totally makes sense. And so on this subconscious programming, how does it affect our
1: life? Now, the way we do anything is the way we do everything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: the subconscious and the conscious mind really are energetic expressions that each one of us is filtering so i can choose to look at a situation and disqualify myself or i can choose to look at a situation and say let's bring this back to your presenting a budget to your client if you assume that your client is going to reject it you have disqualified you and them before you even presented it to them and a thought is simply energy you can't touch it you can't smell it it's just simply a vibration that creates a certain feeling in the body and the feeling in the body we we call that emotion takes about 90 seconds if you keep attaching to it and then you layer a story onto the emotion all of a sudden it becomes a thing like they're going to reject me this is too much they're not going to trust me i'm not worth it you're going to be projecting all your own crap into the thing that you're presenting and if the hotel room costs $30,000 does that mean that you're not worth 30,000 no that would be completely ridiculous we're talking about how much does it cost to rent a hotel not you but like in our subconscious they get all twisted up if you don't unhook from some of the tangled perceptions that you've been walking around with, you will unconsciously be projecting that everywhere. You'll, we talked about, okay, you projected onto a client. They're going to reject you. You might also project onto a relationship. Oh, like I have a couple dates and then I think the person is like, maybe there's something there, but because you're projecting, he's going to reject me. He's going to reject me. He's going to reject me pretty soon. You're going to create a reason for him to reject you. You'll show up late. You'll, you, you won't Clean up your house. You'll—I don't know what it is. Right, Not that your house has to be clean to impress anybody. That wasn't a very good example. You get what I'm saying, right? right. And you'll see that it starts affecting everything in your life. You'll—so many clients come to money mindset, which is what it says in the shingle of my business. But truly, once they're inside, the deeper work that we're doing is about your value, your worthiness, and unhooking from some of the things that people said to us when we were little let's say i was a super creative child i'm still a super creative child and when i was little i um, had one of those 64 crayola crayons with the little sharpener in the back and i Mm -hmm. scribbled all over the wall i saw a big wall in the living room it was a big white canvas and i was like oh how fun and i scribbled all over and i got in really big trouble for that and i learned it wasn't okay to be creative. Now that not was, that was not actually the message. The message was don't draw on the wall. (laughs) Like you could draw on the paper, don't draw on the wall. That wasn't the message. but I interpreted that as if I'm creative, I'm unlovable. Mm -hmm. And for years I shut down my creativity because I thought if I was creative, it meant I was unlovable I, I got in trouble once when I was two or three and that anchored itself in my subconscious and I had to go in and retrieve that and reframe it and unhook from it to realize that it's safe for me to be creative. And in fact, it's the source of my business. My creativity is the source yeah, of my business. Yeah.
0: I was raised in a way that can't write I have I a have friend it, who had, 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 had one wall in their room and they were allowed to write on the walls and I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, but later on, I realized what a great thing, and they she taught them you just put it here, and that's what you're allowed to do. And right. then, actually, after years of it, it was just quite lovely. It was just really an awesome piece. So, um, yeah. I was raised the same way that you're not allowed to do that. Instead of, I guess, our parents didn't realize there's other ways to teach
1: that, but. Yeah. Okay, so it's funny you say that? Because later in my life, I remember, I haven't thought about this in years, but when I was seven, we moved into a new house. And in the new house, I, of course, still was super creative. I still wanted to write on the walls. So my mom had a genius idea. She made the entire wall behind my bed cork. Oh. And I painted it yellow because at the time that was my favorite color. And so I had an entire wall of yellow cork and I could stick as many thumbtacks in it as I wanted. Because like when I graduated to being six or seven years old, I was putting thumbtacks everywhere because I wanted my art up on the wall. I knew I couldn't write on the wall, but I could thumbtack my art on the wall. And that was still a no-no, you know, because yeah. I was still destroying the wall. It's- Actually, the work I do now is helping people destroy walls. Yeah. i so glad we're having this conversation. And we have chalk walls
0: now. So that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. How do limiting beliefs affect our ability to set
1: our, achieve our goals? So let's bring it back to money again. So let's say you have a limiting belief. Um, and this is actually a real one that I had before I broke through it. So I was a filmmaker. I'm still a filmmaker, but when I was struggling as a filmmaker, I was afraid to charge because I was afraid to have money. If I had money, it meant I was a terrible, horrible, awful person because I thought that people who had a lot of money were terrible, horrible, awful people. I thought people who had money were exploitative. They were manipulative. They trashed the environment. And I didn't want to be thought of as exploitative or manipulative or trashing the environment. So the easiest way for me not to be thought of that was to just not have money. Right. And this is like a total rat's nest because I don't control what anybody thinks of me. But at the time, I didn't know that. So the subconscious response was, I'm just not going to have money. I'm just going to work for free. Okay. So there I am, award-winning documentary filmmaker. I make films that are on Nova. They're on Frontline. They're on MSNBC. They're on the History Channel. They're in PBS. I'm super good at what I do. I create amazing content that is seen by millions and millions of people around the country, if not the world, because of live streaming. I didn't charge for it. Why? That's crazy. Because I was afraid to have money because I was afraid of money because I was afraid of what people were going to think of me if I had money. Completely crazy. And then there was a day where I sat down and I did a little Excel spreadsheet of what did the project cost? Like what did it actually cost? Mm -hmm. Down to every staple, every piece of Xerox paper, every printer cartridge, all the electricity to do my editing, all the gas to drive to all the film shoots or fly to all the film shoots, which I never charged for. Crazy. All I charged for was like $25 an hour for my time. Oh my God. Award winning filmmaker. Crazy. Like this was a self confidence issue. This was a self esteem issue. This was a self worth issue. And I actually bring filmmaking into the coaching I do with people now because it's one of my areas of expertise and we're writing and scripting and starring in our own movie. So what does your subconscious have to do with your results? Everything. If you write a tiny little role for yourself, which is what I did, then you live a tiny little life, which is what I did. And you receive a tiny little bit of money, which is what I did. And then I had to break down the walls of that box and realize, oh, I could actually charge for mileage. I know it sounds silly right now, but yeah. you know, like, how many people do this? How many people are producing events and you're not charging for the mileage every time you're back and forth and back and forth and back and forth the event? That's an expense that you should be charging for. I teach that. Oh, they
0: don't know all the expenses that they should be in- including. I teach that as well. Um, yeah. I think that's so crazy. The my first, like when I first started my business, I wasn't sure how to price myself. And so you go through those pains of how much time it takes to do everything. And then when you finally look at it, I ended up paying myself a negative or I was paid a negative $52 an hour after I figured totally. it out. I was like, oh my God. So when you figure that out, it
1: really changes your perspective and you, you'll look at that again. And then you won't do that again. Yeah, it's it's so true and it's so important. And <laughs> and it's not natural, especially for women. Yeah. We're so used to giving and overgiving and we want people to be happy. We love community. We love when everybody's happy. It's just in our nature right. as nurturers right. and and we're inclusive and we want to include everything. And it's just a little tweak to remember you get to include you in the mix. Yeah. So how do we change our money? This is a very big topic. Uh, I would say I'd break it down into three main high level things. Number one, you've got to recognize that you have a money story in the first place, which means you have to take responsibility for your money story. You need to realize that you have been telling yourself a story that is creating your results. That's number one. Because if you're going to blame your parents or blame the economy or blame the pandemic or blame the government or blame your husband or your ex or your kids or your health or any gajillion things that you'd like to blame, that's taking responsibility. That's you needing them to fix something so that something shifts for you. Mm -hmm. That's not an empowered stance. Mm. So I would say step one is for you to recognize, wow, I have I have a money story and my money story is I can't make more than, I don't know, $70,000 or I can't break through six figures or I can't break through multiple six figures or I can't break through seven figures. That's a story. That's not true. Right. That's simply a reflection of what you have Proven to yourself, you're capable of up until now, all you're looking at is the past, right? Number one, you got to recognize that you do have a money story because if you keep blaming people, you're not taking responsibility for yourself. So number one, take responsibility that you do have a money story. Number two, you need to change it. The only way we can change something that's operating at the subconscious level is through the subconscious level your conscious mind which operates about five percent of your beliefs and habits and thoughts and actions your conscious mind cannot create something new because your conscious mind is only going into the reference files of what it has already learned or already experienced or already done your conscious mind is looking actually backward Into your memory. Let's say you're right around 90,000, you wanna break six figures. Or let's say you're in multiple sixes, you wanna break 500,000. Or let's say you're at six, 700,000, you wanna break seven figures. Whatever it is, like there's some next level money goal that you have. And it doesn't have to be a money goal. It could be I wanna weigh a certain amount, I wanna feel a certain amount of fitness, I want my relationship to be XYZ with my parent or my kid or with my beloved. Or I going to call in my beloved. It doesn't matter what the goal is. So we're talking about money, but it doesn't have to be about money. We operate from a place of habit, which the conscious mind is comfortable with. The conscious mind likes habit. It likes to know what it knows. That gives the conscious mind a false sense of security. The conscious mind says, I know what I know. And therefore the problem with this, the invitation opportunity with this is that the subconscious mind, which accounts for 95% of all the rest of you is where all of the realization of your dreams and goals is Mm -hmm. right. It's going to happen in the realm of what you haven't done yet. Mm -hmm. So you have to get off the shores of what you think, what you think is possible for you, what you think, period. And step into, here's what's possible. Here's what I'm creating. The conscious mind is very reactive. The subconscious mind, super creative. So step two, you cannot solve the problem of what hasn't happened yet Mm -hmm. from the stance of what has happened already. The past is no indication of the future. The present is because the future hasn't happened yet. So that's step number three is you make decisions in the present moment that take you a step closer, closer to what it is that you want. If the conscious mind could have figured out Whatever you think your problems are, it would have. The the subconscious mind is the place of all possibility. Now, how do you access your subconscious mind? This is the question. There are so many ways to do it. And I teach my clients multiple ways from different breathing techniques, different um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping, which is a way to bypass the subconscious mind, various meditations. There are lots of ways to train your brain. EMDR is another one. Even being outside in nature or being in water, jumping in the ocean or jumping in a lake or being in the bath or being in the shower, are ways to access a part of you that is perceiving more. So in broad strokes, if we just look at it neurologically, in broad strokes, everything that's coming in is vibration, mm-hmm. which your brain then translates into sound or touch or taste, etc. Mm-hmm. So how do you activate the subconscious mind? Do things that involve your senses hmm that's the quickie answer even like just stroking your arms like this is going to move your awareness out of fight or flight into the higher cortical area so now you're going to have uh, communication between the subconscious and the conscious mind yeah. so anything that involves you sensing and feeling and perceiving not analyzing if you're yeah. not analyzing you've already missed the boat right. so go back to sensing go for a walk in nature smell the spices in your spice cabinet Yeah, music. There's so many ways. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to ask was about how does
0: our breathing have to do with our health and our like, I obviously I'm we've heard lots of times about breathing and all of that. So can we talk about like how that can help with our our minds, our mindsets, our money, all of that?
1: a great question, because, of course, breath is available 24 seven. And breath is constantly flowing in and it's constantly flowing out. So it's a beautiful teacher. It's a beautiful mirror for you with your relationship with money. Mm -hmm. And when you breathe in, go ahead and just allow yourself to close your eyes. If you're listening, close your eyes and breathe in through the nose. And breathe in more through the nose. And just hold the breath for a moment. And begin to feel and sense and perceive an inner pulsation. And exhale through the mouth. Just become aware of what you sense, what you perceive, what you feel. And again, inhaling through the nose. This time acknowledging that you are breathing from the one envelope of air that surrounds the entire planet. We're all breathing from that same one envelope of air. Sip in more, pause, feel the pulsation, and exhale you back to the one. And let's expand that again, breathing in through the nose, Breathing the universe into you, that's what's happening with each breath. Whether you have been aware or not, now you are. You're breathing the universe into you. You're breathing all possibility into you. Pause. Feel this pulsation of life force. pure energy, of pure potential, the universe is in you now, and you're also in the universe. Exhale you out to the universe, and we'll do one more breath just like that, breathing the universe into you, inhaling through the nose, sip in more breath allowing more and more of the universe to fill you. Challenge your capacity to receive even more pure potential, even more abundance. You're in the universe and the universe is in you. Let every cell of you receive this good news pulsation of life force, this universal intelligence. And let the universe stay in you and allow you to exhale and what you're offering, your wisdom, your gifts, your experience. Exhale that out to the universe. And when you're ready, come back into the space, open your eyes. And just notice what you feel. So when the question is, what does my breath have to do with my health and my wealth? Your breath is the source of your wealth and your health. Your breath is the source of your true wealth and health. Because without breath, (laughs) you're a shell right? Your breath is animating you. Your breath is enlivening you. Your breath is nourishing you. And once it comes in, we call it your breath, but it's the same breath. We're all breathing. We all have the same potential. Mm-hmm. We're all equally deserving. And when we're in a state of stressed outness, we actually downregulate the immune receptors on our cells, which means we are more prone to inflammation. We get sick more often. We have digestive issues. We're, we're quick to anger. Those are all signs of inflammation. And we feel a kind of dis-ease, right? We feel uncomfortable. We, we feel awkward. Perhaps we have chronic low-level pain. And if that's unattended, if we keep ignoring it and overriding it, eventually that becomes disease, right? And your breath is constantly replenishing. It's constantly bringing in new. And the out-breath is taking away. It's effortlessly all by itself, releasing toxins and CO2 and metabolic waste. The body knows how to take in and how to let go. And yet the ego doesn't know that well how to receive, which is why we're like, oh, no, no, you don't have to pay me. That's a sign of not being a good receiver. And we also don't know how to let go of things. We stay stuck on, well, that contract fell through. So I expect every contract in the future to fall through. No, it's not true. That contract fell through because there was something about that contract that was not supposed to work out for you. And there's something better waiting for you.
0: That's, I feel the same way. Every time something doesn't happen, I'm like, okay, wasn't meant to be. I'm big. wasn't meant to be, but something else will be in and it always does. We just gotta keep pushing and not be consistent and not give up. Yeah. So how do we clear a money block? That's a big thing. And I, I'm sure as we were talking about before, having this, I'm not good enough, I shouldn't be paid this much. How do we clear that?
1: Again, big question, lots and lots of ways. I recommend that if you know that you have a money story that is not creating the kind of life that you want that you be deliberate about seeking out resources that can help you there are a lot of free resources there's a whole bunch of stuff on youtube there's a whole bunch of stuff on google there's a whole bunch of meditations there are a whole bunch of free summits free online courses. connect with me i also offer a whole bunch of free stuff so there's a whole bunch of free stuff out there you may get as far as you need to go with the free stuff when i did this work i did a lot of free stuff and i got a little wiggle room. I got enough wiggle room to see, ooh, I need I need someone who's an expert in this to help me go farther. But I wasn't ready to make the investment yet. So my next step, uh, I love to read, was read. So I just read voraciously. I just read a ton of books. I journaled a ton. I wrote things down. And that also created a little bit more wiggle room where I could see, okay, like I really want to go deeper. Like I need somebody hold my hand and help me cross the river so I can get from where I am to where I want to be. Next step is check out books. There are tons of resources, again, online. You can go to Amazon, find some books on money. There are thousands of books on money. I'm happy to make recommendations if you want to reach out to me and start reading. Every day, read. Every day, listen. Every day, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. And then third level, okay, I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to invest in somebody who's done this work who can help me find somebody who has done the inner work that you resonate with and reach out to them and say, hey, I want to work with you. What's the investment? I'm ready to clear my money block. Now, if you have a money block, know ahead of time, and this is so obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you have a money block, know ahead of time that the very first thing that's going to come up for you when you talk to somebody to help you clear your money block is guess what? I don't have the money. That's exactly why you need to have a deeper conversation with that person about what's going to happen on the other side after you clear the money block. I, and every six and seven figure entrepreneur I know has invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal development. And I can say that from where I now stand, because I turn a 10 K investment into a hundred thousand dollar return. I turn a hundred thousand dollar investment into a million dollar return. And if that's not your mindset of, I'm going to clear my money block and then some, you're going to struggle. So you really have to you really have to get behind yourself. You really have to decide for yourself, this is so important. What I'm doing is so important. It's important for my kids. It's important for future generations. It's important for my clients. It's important for the planet. You have to have such a fire in your belly that there is no plan B. There is no escape hatch. You're not going to look at the contract and be like, well, how do I get out of this? That's not the question you want to be asking if you're here to clear money block. If you're here to clear money block, the question is, what else is possible? What have I not you know, explored that could be of benefit to me? What's
0: amazing about me? Yeah, I'm offering, just started offering my a coach one-on-one, but I'm now doing this program, which I believe we've met in. So it's it's definitely a different mindset. It's a different competition. Everybody that I have offered this amazing one-year program and everyone that has been in my workshop loves what I'm giving so much content, writing like crazy. They love it to death. And then when they get to the program piece and they really want to be in it, the first thing they say is, I, we, I just don't have the money. And so- it's a different conversation and it is definitely tough. And of course, with COVID and people losing their jobs and everybody's in an uncertain place right now. So, or a lot of people are anyway, but so I know you, you, you will have to go soon, but, and I'm just, this has been so great. I could talk forever on this money thing because it's, it takes time. It is a mindset and it's definitely big, but I have a final question. If, if someone is afraid to be seen and is not confident, how do they clear this block?
1: I have this block. I shared with you that I'm a filmmaker and I spent many years of my career behind the camera so that you never saw me. I spent many years in the edit room so that you never saw me. I was very good at hiding and saying, it's not about me, which is code for, I don't matter. Just let that land. Yeah. If you're afraid to be seen, it's because on some level, you're carrying a subconscious belief that if somebody sees you, they're going to judge you. And you're probably saying if they see you, they're going to judge you negatively. They're not going to like you. They're not going to approve of you. They're going to find a fault with you. You're so worried about judgment. You, It's been so painful for you to be judged in the past, or it's been so humiliating, or it has felt really unsafe to be judged, or it's felt really unsafe to be visible. So your nervous system is protecting you. And everything that's happening is unfolding perfectly for you 24 seven. There is no exception to this. Every challenge that you're experiencing is created for you by you so that you can see your subconscious conditioning. And so if you're afraid of being seen, which I was, and that was convenient it protected me, it meant nobody could see me, which meant nobody could like me nobody could hear my voice. Nobody could say, Hey, I want to work with you. It was super, super safe. So recognize there's a benefit to you not being visible. Your clients can't find you. And that's a good thing. If you don't want to have money, that's a good thing. If you don't want to be responsible for your reality, that's a good thing. If you don't want to grow, it's a really good thing for you to hide. If that's your highest priority, if your safety is your highest priority. And the reason it's going to feel like that is because in your wiring, in your earliest conditioning it felt safest for you to hide maybe it was even just don't talk during the dinner table don't don't talk at the dinner table so you learned to zip it or we don't talk like that so you just learned to zip it so you learned that you would be loved if you zipped it if you were quiet if you went invisible then you know you you were deemed acceptable and lovable Not and right. you got to clear that so here's what my mentor John Asaraf gave me, he's one of my mentors. And this was in the, my very first year of business. And he said, I want you to go live on video for a hundred days in a row. Oh, and I, I still can't believe that I had the the nerve to say this to him, but I said, isn't there something else I can do? Like this like, this John Astor. I'm like, he is an expert in the exactly. money mindset space. And he's like, like, here's what I think you should do. And like, he's giving me his advice. I'm, I'm Like I I bow down to him. I look up to him and he said, here's what I think you should do. And I'm like, oh no, no, I don't want to do that. And he's, are you coaching me or am I coaching you? That's not what he said, but he's. I told you what my best recommendation is. You can either do it or not. Actually, he probably didn't say that either, but whatever the gist was that I understood was, okay, he's made a recommendation and me being a people pleaser and wanting his approval. I don't even know if he even saw the videos. I took it to heart. My coach said, do this. So I did it. And part of developing a rock solid, unshakable, unwavering money mindset is working with somebody who will help you see your blind spots. So when he said do 100 days of money mindset videos, actually he didn't say do 100 days of money mindset videos, he said do 100 days of videos. Mm-hmm. So I did. I actually did 108 days of videos. And this was back in 20 oh, 17. I think 2017. Okay. So it was a while ago and I did a whole, like I did a hundred days of videos and they're still out there and I'm sure I look super unconfident. I'm sure in the very first video, I think I thought I turned off the camera, but I didn't. So my iPhone's pointing at the ceiling. I mean, like, I just did everything perfectly imperfect. Yes. And all my stuff came up. It was like, what am I going to say? What are people thinking? Nobody's watching this. I'd go live and there'd be like zero little eyeball thing and there'd be zero. And I'd be like, oh, clearly I'm just stupid. I'm making an, an, an idiot of myself. Like I just faced all of my deepest, darkest fears. And guess what happened? My business exploded. Yeah, yeah. started finding me from all over the world. Yeah. I made myself visible. What's gonna happen when you pick up that gauntlet of go live, you could go live for 40 days, you could go live for 10, but consistently show up every day, even when you're scared, even when you don't know what to say, even when you're tired, even when you know, you're know you sad, even when you're mad, just show up being yourself. Because what I discovered in that was my full humanity was on display. There were days where I was in tears and I'd turn on the camera and I'd be boo-hoo-hoo, like yeah. I'm just sad today and I'm sharing with you that I'm sad today or I'm happy today or I just got out of the swimming pool or whatever. It was just like people get to know you and they get to fall in love with the realness, the humanity of you. It's yeah. not about being a perfect person. Perfect people who can relate to perfect people.
0: No, I know. Nobody. And then they trust me really well. So I, I relate to that because I am as a producer. I like to be behind the camera. I don't like being in front of the camera. And people might think that's crazy. And I have a big personality, but I just don't. It makes me nervous. But I started doing it last year and I've been doing it every week consistently, unless I had something come up, but consistently. And now I enjoy it and I love it. And I do it as an interview. I started as an interview. I do now can go on and do my own thing and and, and stuff. But I promise you that if you just show up and you do it, it will get easier and it'll be second nature. And you'll be like, what was I afraid of? And it gets better and better. And who cares if you mess up? You just keep going they just keep going but I know you have to go and I am so grateful for you Dr. Deborah. this has been so amazing such great information you're just a wealth of amazingness so thank you so much for joining us and please tell everyone how can they reach you like where can they go to get to find you
1: Thanks so much for having me. I love talking about money. I know it's super taboo and I'm not scared of it. So I love to have the conversation. So thanks thanks for that. So I have an amazing that's called the Anatomy of Money Academy. Anatomy of Money Academy. And I do all kinds of fun stuff in there. I do an Anatomy of Money lab where you actually can learn about the money chakras and how do you dial them up, turn them up so that abundance is your natural state. I'm doing 100 days of money bites right now and um we're on about day, I don't know, 56 or seven. And I added in an abundance diet, which is 30 things to eliminate so that abundance flows naturally. Okay. And you can join that. All those videos will be up there. They just live there. And you're in an amazing community, an international community of heart-centered, mission-driven entrepreneurs who want to make money doing what they love, being unapologetically themselves. Exactly. So I'd love for you to join me there.
0: Yeah, that's great. And that was a Facebook group in case anyone missed it because we had a little glitch in the video, in the live stream. So Anatomy of Money... Academy, her yeah. Facebook. Join her there. So happy to have you. Thank you everyone for joining us. And we'll be here again. I next week. I think actually I'm off next week, but we'll be back. So happy you came. See you guys. Thank you. Here, bye.